The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Each business is unique and operated individually of others in the same industry. What they have in common is the potential path to success. Welcome to The Second Stage with your hosts, Jeffrey Cadlick and Brendan Anderson. In today's program, we'll address the obstacles that many businesses find on that path to success and discuss what entrepreneurs and their businesses are doing to stay ahead of the curve. Now, here is Brendan Anderson and Jeffrey Cadlick. Okay, folks, we don't do this very often, but you've got just Jeff today. Uh, my partner, Brendan's out on assignment and so we're going to keep this very focused. Uh, we're not going to allow Brendan to distract me from an effective show that gives you guys actionable advice. Um, but I'm sure by the end of this hour that we enjoy together, you'll be missing Brendan and all the zest for life that he brings to the show. Uh, and possibly even uh, he could be listening. Um, but before we talk about this show, I want to remind everybody about last week's show. It was a great show uh, with our guest, Bernie Brenner, co-founder and executive vice president of business development for True Car Inc., and author of the book, The Sumo Advantage, Leveraging Business Development to Team with Heavyweights and Grow in Any Economy. And uh, I would encourage you guys to go back and listen to that show. It was a, it was a great show. Uh, February 23rd, I believe, uh, is when we played it. And uh, it was, was very helpful. It was also a momentous show because that was the first time that we had our own uh, Twitter feed for the show, The Second Stage. And if I recall, I completely destroyed um, the delivery of that initially, showing my age and how out of tune I am with anything related to electronics or technology or the internet. Um, and instead of saying hashtag, I said pound. But I'm going to work through this one more time. So to connect with the second stage via Twitter at uh, through Evolution's own Twitter handle at Evolution underscore CP, you can join the discussion using hashtag the second stage. Now, second, we tried to throw you off. Um, it's really kind of a, a clearing mechanism for those people that uh, aren't paying attention, but it's uh, 2ND. Uh, it's not spelled out. So it's the second stage, T-H-E, 2ND stage. Uh, would love to have you contribute to today's conversation um, and really offer any uh, uh, points of clarity or capitalize on the conversation in, in any way. Uh, and certainly uh, any positive comments about today's host would certainly boost my ego around the office here while my partner Brendan is out on assignment. Uh, our guest today uh, is a guy by the name of Patrick Reddig, R-E-T-T-I-G, of the Reddig Corporation. Uh, is a company that he founded 
um, really to help small companies turn around. He calls himself America's top turnaround man. As I understand it, he has his own radio show. And you can find out more about our guest at www the Rettig, R-E-T-T-I-G, corporation.com. Uh, for over 25 years, Mr. Rettig has successfully saved bankrupt- uh, companies from bankruptcy. Uh, he's passionate about helping the American entrepreneur, the company's $20 million and under, with uh, which are the backbone of the country, which I agree with. Uh, Rettig appears regularly on TV and radio shows, including Fox Business Varney and Company, and uh, so we're getting some pretty awesome guests here on the second stage. I think it just has to do with uh, all the hard work that the team here at Evolution has been putting into this show, and I think we've covered a lot of interesting topics, and uh, I think Patrick will be great. Um, As we prepared for this show, uh, he's written a number of articles about uh, working with small business owners, and we're going to hear a lot about some of the very basic things that you need to be doing uh, to to be successful. Um, And if you aren't successful and you meet somebody like Patrick Reddick, uh, what tools he uses to help turn you around. And I guess I would argue that I want to know what tools he wants you to have to help turn yourself around because those are tools that you should have all along to make sure that you're you're successful and you don't get yourself in a spot. Uh, but before we bring uh, take a break and bring our guest on the show, I want to touch on a few articles that uh, came out this past week. Um, there is a, a big conference that people like myself don't get uh, 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 invited to called Super Return Conferences. The, this one in particular is in Berlin. And uh, some private equity heavyweights uh, go there from groups like Blackstone Group and um, there was another one they mentioned in here, Terra Firma. And what they're talking about is that private equity funds should have a permanent source of capital, just like our good friend Warren Buffett does in Berkshire Hathaway, and that with that kind of a structure that they would may generate slightly lower returns, but they would uh, open up a whole new set of companies that aren't currently accessible to them. And what they're talking about is private equity funds to generate the kind of returns that we're expected to generate and also to uh, really, um, uh, uh, you know, fulfill our obligations under our contract with our limited partners, we've got to move fast. Our, our agreements with our investors that we'll put work to, money to work in five years and we'll get money back in five years. And as you might imagine, for those out there that have run businesses, that's not a lot of time. And so at Evolution, uh, while we work with all entrepreneurs, we tend to invest in entrepreneurially owned businesses that are less capital intensive because they're easier to work with because you're not constantly having to buy and reinvest in existing assets and more and more your profits can go towards growth. Um, and what this argument that these private equity funds are making is, is that so many private equity funds today are generating what are called beta returns, which are returns that basically coincide with the market. And that alpha, uh, which is the, the return over beta that is generated by the hard work of the managers, is getting more and more difficult to create for larger and larger funds like 
Blackstone and Terra Firma that have many tens of billions under management at any one time. Um, I think that they certainly have a point, um, um, but I am a little bit, um, you know, anti um, Wall Street at times, and I associate these larger private equity funds with Wall Street. In fact, Steve Schwartzman, one of the co-founders of Blackstone Group, made six hundred and ninety million dollars personally in twenty fourteen from his association with the Blackstone Group. And to be honest with you, I'm happy for him. Uh, but I think that shows this glaring light on the private equity industry that everybody is making $690 million a year, and I can assure you that we are not. And uh, that just kind of brings the heavy hand of government looking at what we're doing here in the private equity industry as if we're doing something wrong. And um, uh, I think a little bit of what these guys are asking for to change the arrangements that they've got with their investors uh, plays into um, – uh, into that 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 message a little bit. I'm also going to highlight an article uh, in the New York Times from this week. Uh, Warren Buffett, who many people follow as as uh, your host does, uh, uh, it came out this past Saturday. I guess that'd be February 28th. Uh, he takes umbrage. Mr. Buffett takes umbrage with investment bankers, accusing them of being nearsighted and self-serving and pressing for deals that aren't always in the best long-term interest of their clients. Um, I would encourage you to read Mr. Buffett's annual letter. It's not only entertaining, but it's informative. And I think that uh, he makes a lot of very good points in his letter. Um, I think he went on to say money shufflers don't come cheap when he was, <laughs> when he was uh, uh, commenting on how expensive uh, investment bankers are not only for bad advice, but also not bad advice, but self-serving advice for sure is what he's accusing them of uh, and that they're really expensive. So um, New York Times actually covered a couple of these articles. The one about Blackstone considers uh, lower return, longer term uh, approach to private equity. That was in the New York Times from February 25th. And this uh, Warren Buffett article uh, is also in New York Times from February 28th. Uh, articles that I encourage you to read uh, to learn a bit more about private equity in general. Um, I am going to um, talk to you a little bit about uh, what I like to talk to every every week, which is my um, announcements about our show, which is that we want to remind everyone that each week – we want to provide actionable advice and have you continue the dialogue through comments and questions on our blog at evolution.com, evolutioncp.com, excuse me, evolutioncp.com. Uh, we want to hear from you in terms of what works and what doesn't. We want to create a true community of entrepreneurs helping entrepreneurs. You can also email us at the second stage at evolutioncp.com. And as I had mentioned before, we have our own hashtag now, uh, the second stage. That's T H E 2 N D S T A G E. Anyway, we want to hear from you because, uh, as I said, this is a forum and something that, uh, uh, 
you know, everyone needs to contribute to to make sure it is as uh, effective and actionable as, as we can make it. Um, also want to thank our sponsor, McGladry LLP. They're a leading provider of assurance tax consulting services focused on small and mid-sized businesses nationwide with more than 6,700 people in 75 U.S. cities. And with that, we are going to step away quickly uh, for a break here in the second stage. When we come back, uh, we will be with our guest, Patrick Reddig, CEO of Reddig Corporation. Thanks for tuning in to the second stage. what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. This is Davis Love III, Ryder Cup captain and Team McGladry member. McGladry is about building relationships. That's the kind of team I want to be a part of, a team that builds deep understanding of each client's vision and unique way of doing business. The same attributes I look for and the partners I choose. It's this understanding that enables you and me to make confident decisions. When you trust the advice you're getting, you know your next move is the right move. This is the power of being understood. This is McGladry. Assurance. Tax. Consulting. In sales, are you a lion or a vulture? Lions don't wait. They just go for it. Vultures hang around until the lions are finished and just pick up the scraps. How can you set yourself apart as a lion? Join the other aspiring sales lions and listen to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something with host Ty Maynard. You'll learn the tips and strategies of top sales professionals. You'll gain more clients at a faster rate and at higher margins. If you're a sales professional, business owner, or executive, listen in every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are tuned in to The Second Stage. To reach the hosts or their guests today, call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to thesecondstage at evolutioncp.com. Now, back to Jeffrey Cadlick and Brendan Anderson. Welcome back to the show, The Second Stage. This is Jeff Cadlick and my tag team partner, Brendan Anderson, is... Uh, out on assignment, and uh, but we're here with a wonderful guest today, Patrick Reddig, the CEO of the Reddig Corporation, and he can be found at www.thereddigcorporation.com. That's uh, R-E-T-T-I-G for those of you that are uh, typing into the URL right now. And uh, Patrick, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. What could I do to help people today? Tell me. <laughs> well, there's a lot. You know, our audience is full of small business owners, which you and I agree is the backbone of this country. Uh, generally, these companies, our listeners, are entrepreneurs with uh, businesses of under $20 million in revenue, which is where you focus. And I understand you're America's top turnaround man. Thank you very much. I don't know who gave me that, but I'm going with it. 
<laughs> hey, I would. No one's ever said that about me. So if 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 uh, if they did, I, I would be be running with it. Let me ask you, Patrick. Um, how did you get involved in in turnarounds? I mean, what did, what skill set did you realize that you had that said, you know what? I'm I'm perfect to go into these high stress environments and and make a difference. Oddly enough, I never ever ever gave it a thought to be in turnaround. I simply got out of college and needed a job, and I had a little girl about two years old. And I don't know if you know this or not, but those kids they don't stop growing or eating, <laughs> and I. <laughs> And I needed to pay the bills, and I was on one more job that was going south. The company was in trouble. And long story short, I simply walked up to the CEO's office, and I knocked on the door, and I said, I can't afford to lose my job, buddy, and I'd like to know what I can do to help here. But uh, that's about it. And oddly, that guy said, well, sit down, and I'll tell you. And that was my first chapter 11. And now you can imagine the stories that go with what I'm just saying. I mean, I had a two-year-old. I was a single dad. And, uh, and I'd been on three jobs. The companies had um, actually folded. I didn't get paid. Uh, and I was definitely looking for uh, a job that I could work with. And I was very depressed about it. And in this one meeting, this guy said to me, what would you do if you were me? And I got to tell you, Common sense prevailed, but I, I, I wouldn't go so far as to tell you that I was prepared for common sense. It's an amazing thing what happens when you, uh, when you have a little person that you have to take care of, and that day, that, uh, that CEO and I are still friends today, and we went and got a cheeseburger and started talking about cash flow, and I didn't know much more than uh, i just gotten out of college, and I was uh, into communications and marketing and I was trying to hold a job down. So my entire experience comes from survival. And I, I couldn't be better trained, couldn't be better trained than by my best teacher, survival. Well, it certainly sounds that way. The, the fact that you're able to function under such duress, I think, speaks volumes about your ability to be uh, you, you know, helping small companies turn around. Uh, uh, you know, if you have your priorities right, uh, you know, taking care of a two-year-old is much more stressful as a single father than uh, <laughs> you know, trying to help uh, you know, a small company turn around. And the fact that you were educated in communication, I assume, means that you know how to connect with people, which I imagine is a huge part of your job, uh, you know, working with these small companies in these types of situations. Well, I had a lot in common with the CEO. I didn't really realize it. I, I know now that entrepreneurs are basically unemployable. They don't play well with others. They don't see it that way. They don't work the same hours. They have uh, different priorities. Now, I love the entrepreneurs I work with. I think, like you have said, that they are the backbone of America and that without them, we certainly wouldn't have a strong country all the way back to the beginning of America. However, if one of my CEOs in a turnaround environment um, fails, he's virtually unemployable. And as I look back, I feel that I was the same way. When I got out of college, I had a lot of dreams, a lot of things that I wanted to do, all of which I, I'm here to tell you 
I have accomplished that and much more by helping people that were left for dead. The people that I help, I don't have any competition and turn around. The people that I that I start to work with, they are um, out of money, out of energy, out of time. Nobody is happy with them. Foreclosure is everywhere, and the family life, as you can imagine, is not so good. So we had a lot more in common than I thought. I would not suggest to anyone out there to pick up turnaround as uh, your calling unless you really, really are someone who can believe in the impossible. And I have made a living at believing in impossible situations and people that are uh, seemingly in impossible environments. So, so tell me, Patrick, when you step into, you, you walk through the door of a company that's in distress, and what, what are you looking for? Are you looking for just the general vibe? Are you looking for to t- speak with the CEO? Or are you looking for specific reports? Uh, tell me what your first steps are when you walk into these distressed businesses. I'm looking for one man who is insane. If I can find one man that's insane as he's the top and he's sitting behind the desk, he's my guy. And what does insane look like? Um, I see here, Mr. CEO, that uh, you have $3 million negative, $4 million, $5 million, $10 million, $15 million negative. Um, you have all your creditors after you. The IRS is after you. All your charge cards are maxed out. Your wife is mad at you. Your kids are scared. All your employees are scared. All of your customers, you're not able to deliver. What do you want to do? And if he says to me, I want my company, that's insane. And that's my guy. I am looking for someone who doesn't care how bad it is he wants to work. The guys that say to me, I'm tired, I'm stressed, and I think I want to sell my company. That's not my guy. My guy is the guy who says, I don't care. If you think it'll work, let's do it. And by the way, at this point, nobody asked me for my resume. Nobody asked me at this point. Well, tell me, Pat, uh, in a situation like this, have you ever had anyone who could, uh, have you you been through this before, Pat? Nobody. If I say to that guy, you know what, I I don't care what's wrong. What do you say we go out and get a cheeseburger, get some fries, get some bad food, get a chocolate malt, talk about how we can sort of take a look at our core customers. Let's go back to our core customers, those people that were your friends when you started out. Let's get back to something that we can do. You up for that? Every time the winners say, yeah, let's go. Yeah, let's go. You have to have someone that can take the heat when it's so hot that everybody will tell him, just quit, man. Uh, You have a reason to quit. Everybody has a reason to quit, not an excuse. They got good reasons. They got good reasons. They've had enough. And they are tired, but passion, I just ask what I'm looking for. I'm looking for passion, passion for life. And if they've got so, that, so what do you get happen. out of it? Obviously, these folks don't have money to pay you. Uh, so what are you getting out of this situation? And, and why do you care one way or the other whether or not they want to save the company? My business plan is pretty easy. I work for a little bit of money for as many companies as I can help. There's only, obviously, there's only so many hours in a day. But I work for a little bit of money, and that money is just enough that they'll listen to me. It's not enough that it's going to hurt the company or I stand as a creditor. I simply work for them 
two weeks at a time, two weeks at a time to see if we can get along. And if they want to continue, we do. And if they don't, we don't. There's no contract. I shake their hand and say, you want to you wanna go in for the A-team? Let's do it. So each of my customers uh, have an infrastructure problem. And each of my customers have a cash flow problem. And each of my customers have a big, giant debt problem. So it's pretty much the same when I first get there. And uh, we start working things out one at a time. And we start with receivables one at a time with customers that have gone bad. We start making it right one at a time. We start with creditors that have gone crazy one at a time. And we start building back the company carefully one block at a time. Now, does that make sense? That does make sense. Uh, and so when when you're, it sounds to me, when you're looking at receivables and you're looking at creditors and you're looking at the, the elements you talked about, infrastructure, cash flow, debt, that you're really trying to figure out what latitude you have to create cash, you know, to help begin to solve some of these problems. Is that is that really what you're after? Well, when I first get there, there is some cash flow. Very few companies do I go to where they're exactly zero, and nobody wants their product anymore. I don't really see much of that. I had someone talk with me this morning about that, and my answer to him was simply, if you can get five of your core customers back, I can help you. It's up to the CEO to make the relationships, and I I, I say that with the customers, the people that have been there over the years, more likely, it is always uh, more often than not that when you call customers you've known for five or ten years and you say, I'm having a problem, I haven't been that great with you, but I'd like to get back on track. Can we start with a minimal order? And I know it sounds oversimplified, but I have 20 years out here of starting simply with a very small order and building on that with four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten customers or more. And I do that for a period of about, it takes about 90 days to jumpstart the company so that at least at least we have the cash flow to pay a few bills. But it does take a solid uh, commitment from the CEO to work all the time, not just uh, Monday through Thursday or not in the morning, not, you know, at 5 in the afternoon, all the time. And to be available to those customers who are upset to take a meeting with them face-to-face and say, yep, I ran into some problems. I'm sorry, and I want to get started again. That means so much to people, and um, actually what it means is positive cash flow. Well, Patrick, let's turn our attention then to how these companies are generally getting into trouble. What are, what are some of the common threads that you're seeing in terms of uh, the company, the leadership, the employees, the products, et cetera, that lead people down this, this, this path? Uh, two things. One, they don't change instantly with cash flow or with sales. So let's say that sales drop. You have to cut your costs. You can't borrow money to sort of bridge the slow times because you don't know how long the slow times are going to be. So people don't change fast enough. Now, the other one is kind of interesting. The other one is simply greed. They figure that um, I'm making 10 widgets. And I'm making pretty good money on 10 widgets. So why don't I try to make uh, 200 widgets? 
and the cost of goods that it takes, payroll, payroll tax, um, becomes the point of failure uh, for uh, almost everyone when they grow that fast. So in one way, it's simply an adjustment uh, for uh, a company to kind of catch up with the times. Times sometimes uh, don't allow you to make as much money as you say you did over Christmas or you did over 2013 or 2012 or 2011. And in 2015, if you want to keep that going on, you'd have to take a loan. That's all bad. That's all bad. Uh, however, the most interesting people generally take the risk. If 10 is good, 200 is great. <laughs> kind of the Midas touch. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I always ask them, how much money do you really need to live? I mean, come on. How much money do we really need to live? I mean, what do you have to have? Uh, you know, what do you have to have in the bank, really, before you feel comfortable? And um, I feel, personally, I, I have made my living on a platform called Critical Profit. It's hard cost plus $1. Truly, for all those people that are listening out there, we have all kinds of, of uh, comparisons that we unfortunately put ourselves against. But the bottom line is if you can pay your bills and you've got a dollar left, it's a good day. It's a good day. These things that we put on ourselves, you know, I've got to have a million bucks in the bank. I've got to have 500000 If I don't have 275 if I don't have 2.5, my goal this year is if you can pay your bills and you've got a buck left, you paid your salary, you paid your tax, you paid your people, you paid your vendors, you paid your insurance, and you've got a buck left, it's a good day. And the people that think like that, oddly, they happen to have a lot of money in the bank. <laughs> Right. Well, you know, it, it's interesting. Another thing that I had read in one of your uh, articles uh, was, and you had touched on this earlier, about talk a little bit about the impact it has on the families. I think a lot of our listeners appreciate as entrepreneurs, small business owners, that the family is some way, shape, or form involved, you know, in these businesses. Uh, how, how does that, you know, what happens to that when, when times get tough? Well, let me sum it up in family first, business first. Um, it's a line item that I teach. Family first and business first, but they're the same thing in a small business. If the family's no good, the business isn't, isn't going to happen. If the business is no good, the family's no good. They're the same thing. Um, when people take too much risk, the family is impacted, um, and it's a real problem. Um, for instance, uh, when payroll goes bad, you refi the house, get a second on the house, you hit the charge card. You're gambling with your future. You're gambling with your life. You're gambling with your family. Now, personally, if, you're, if you've done that, I don't care. When I get somewhere, I love the guy that has gone the gamut, pushed the envelope, nuts, and he's stuck, and he doesn't know what to do. That's a great guy. So if you're out there and you've done all these things, I don't care. That's a guy who wants his life, and he's going for it. He's going for it. Now, we have uh, drugs and alcohol. We have problems with that out there. You know, people turn to drugs, alcohol, and they get, they get sideways. But that's a whole other conversation. Today, I'm just talking about those people who have encumbered themselves to save their business. They just ran out of information. And when they run out of information, they've done, they've done really well. 
year one, year two, five, seven, ten, twelve. They've done really well. And they may not be trained to do their job. I was not trained to do my job. I did it because I had to live. I needed a job, just like they did. They started a company. They couldn't get a job. They started something, and it worked. And then they got in a little too far. Kind of went kind of crazy. They didn't have enough information. There was no one around them to help them. And so when they go home, it's really hard on the family because the family doesn't know either. Uh, mom and dad don't know what to do. Uh, uncles and aunts. and I got a friend who's a lawyer, and he might, and the CPA may know. And all these people don't really know. The only people that know how to do turnaround are people who have done it. And I don't mean done it in 1962. I mean people who have done it Tuesday of last week, Wednesday of last week, Thursday, 30 days ago. People who have done it, have gone through it, and they have survived it. So it's kind of a small fraternity of people who have survived it well, because there just isn't a lot of navigation in this regard. Well, that's certainly something that we advocate here on the show at Second Stage, which is when you have a very complicated situation where it's tough for you to be objective, bringing in outside experts is is key to getting to the other side. Hey, Patrick, we're going to take a quick break here on the Second Stage. When we get back, I want to talk a little bit more about some of the do's and don'ts. Uh, you had a couple of interesting ones in one of the articles I, I had read, and, and talk a little bit more about some of the tools that you use you know, to, to help to get these small business owners through this tough time. For those of you out in the audience, thanks for tuning in to the second stage. We'll be back in one moment. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Are you an entrepreneur that wants to achieve more? Not just in it for profit, but to do work you find meaningful that adds more value to more people in more ways? Listen for Be More, Achieve More, inspiration for the entrepreneurial mind. With host Chris Cooper, you'll hear from successful achievers from around the world with the passion and experience to offer invaluable guidance. These people are making a difference and will help give you the motivation and insight to achieve more. Be More, Achieve More can be heard live Fridays at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. This is Davis Love III, Ryder Cup captain and Team McGladry member. McGladry is about building relationships. That's the kind of team I want to be a part of. A team that builds deep understanding of each client's vision and unique way of doing business. The same attributes I look for and the partners I choose. It's this understanding that enables you and me to make confident decisions. When you trust the advice you're getting, you know your next move is the right move. This is the power of being understood. This is McGladry. Assurance. Tax. Consulting. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are tuned in to The Second Stage. 
To reach the hosts or their guests today, call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to thesecondstage at evolutioncp.com. Now, back to Jeffrey Cadlick and Brendan Anderson. Welcome to the show, The Second Stage. This is Jeff Cadlick, and my tag team partner, Brendan Anderson, is out on assignment today. I uh, want to remind everybody that this is a forum, so we're looking for input from you so that everyone can benefit from your experience. So don't be shy. Uh, you can uh, uh, participate in our uh, show through our blog at evolutioncp.com or email us at the second stage at evolutioncp.com or uh, Twitter or tweet with uh, a hashtag the second stage. That's T H E. 2ND stage. We're back here with our guest, Patrick Reddig of the Reddig Corporation, www.thereddigcorporation.com. Uh, Patrick, you know, we had finished off the last segment really kind of talking about the family and the impact that all of this. Um, you know, the challenges at work and you're bringing it home and, and just the, the very unique relationship between small businesses and families in the first place. And you, you have this, this maintaining your triangle philosophy about, about business. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Well, uh, let's talk about, yes, uh, mind, body, spirit. I mean, it's not anything new. This isn't like a flash news, flipping, but everybody out there who is an Olympic kind of kind of mindset once in a while and we watch TV and we see the Olympics and oh my goodness, these, these kids are flying through the air and they're doing all these things and, and we're thinking, wow, that's so amazing. Well, business is just like the Olympics. You've got to be in shape. Your head's got to be in the right place. Your, gut, your body's got to be in the right place. You, you have to realize that what you have is a tremendous gift. I mean, the opportunity to, uh, you know, do your better than your best every day. I mean, running a business, you can't just do your best. You got to do better than your best every day. And to have an opportunity to do that is, is really quite a privilege. And so to eat right, to walk every day, to get that blood flowing to your brain, to get oxygen going to your brain for diabetes work right, uh, it's, it's essential to success. And, um, so often when I get there, people are very tired, but I can dig tired. I work as many hours as I can stay up. I don't want to miss anything. I love it, man. I love living out here. I'm up day and night. I got clients all over the world. I'm ready to rock all the time. I like it. And then when I fall asleep, it's kind of irritating, you know, because I can't stand up anymore. I just, I feel like it's been a good day when I, as I start to hit the pillow, I'm asleep before I even hit the pillow. But in order to be sharp, be sharp when I'm working those kind of hours. I have to eat right. I have to work out. And you don't have to be uh, a gladiator working out. You know, what I, I love what Patrick is talking about, he's talking about a true pro because a lot of, you know, what entrepreneurship is about when you are, uh, you know, for those of you out there that run small businesses, is it's as much psychological as it is anything else and and being ready for the fight like what Patrick was talking about at the very beginning of the show I think 
you know, is so critical to being uh, successful at at what you're going to do. It's very much the same mindset as when you first got started in business is you've got to be ready for that fight. Um, And, uh, oh, wait a second. It looks like uh, he is back here. And so I'm going to let the expert talk about (laughs) turnarounds. Patrick, are you there? Yeah, man. Um, It's so very, (laughs) very important. Yeah, good. Um, Yeah. And so, so um, the other thing that, that I wanted to cover though, is, is really, you know, the, the credit aspect and really kind of having access to it, right. Uh, When you're working with, when you're working through the situation. Right. Um, Let's put it all together into one thing. Credit is your enemy. People get in over their head because they just don't know any better. None of us, you know, when we were growing up in school, you're going through the 8th grade, the ninth grade, the 10th grade, I mean, all we're concerned about is, does uh, Mary Lou like me? You know, am I going to get through school without getting in trouble with my dad? Or uh, am I going to get a motorcycle? Or I wonder if I get a part-time job. We're not really thinking. Nobody is teaching people about credit. Credit can get you into a lot of trouble. Now, there's a whole way to handle credit, but that's not for this call today. Um, what happens is, is we're not making enough money, so we'll borrow money to make up for it. That's not the way to go. The way to go is to borrow money because we have so much business, we have to deliver it. That's a little different. Now, credit is so challenging, it's so manipulative it's, uh, in, inside of your mind that it would be hard. We could do a whole show just on credit. So long story short, if you are borrowing money, to make up for slow times, bad. Don't do that. Don't do that. Cut back the profit. Cut back the cash flow positive would be a better way to say it. If you are borrowing money because you have to make payroll, um, be careful. Be careful. Um, if you have borrowed money this month to make payroll and you haven't paid it back, Next month or the month after, be careful. The idea of borrowing money is just to provide your um, customers with their necessary product and then to immediately pay back your, uh, your cost of goods based on your delivery. And that would be inside of a four- to six-week situation. When you're borrowing money on lines of credit and it's like the second year and the third year and the fourth year, you can't catch that, and you're going to head for a bankruptcy. Now, having said all that, I, I, I continue to push the information out there, the following information. It doesn't matter to me what you've done. I have heard it all. I have experienced it all. And all of these problems that you have can be fixed. You can learn from them, and you can come out on top. Now, what's the big gift of turnaround. What's the big gift that I have to turn around? Is it that whoever I work with makes a gazillion dollars and they never have to work the rest of their life? No, absolutely not. The big gift out here is to learn from what happened and you get the big C, I call it. You are allowed to continue. You get to do the thing that you like to do best. Run your company. You learn from your mistakes. You'll learn how to do credit. I can teach you that. I teach people every day how to run their companies with a line of credit or a very limited line of credit. And that's very fun. 
um, when people start learning how to run their business like that, the bank wins, the bank gets a little money, the company makes money, the customers are delivered on time, the employees get paid on time. It's a fun day. But when the guy is all by himself, which is something you brought up just uh, moments ago about the family, let me caution everyone. No one understands what it's like to run a business unless you've done it yourself. No one. And those people that have lost their businesses, it's very, uh, it's something they, that you take with you for the rest of your life. Um, and, and it comes out not so good. It doesn't come out, I'm happy I lost my business and now I got a job at Kmart and I've never been happier. It doesn't come out that way. Hang on to your business. If you can get a hold of me or a guy like me, go for it. But, but when it comes to family, hiring family, be very careful. Family has expectations that, um, that are not realistic. I work for my brother-in-law, so he should give me insurance. He should take care of my car. He should give me a car, uh, a gas card. Uh, I should make a top dollar plus some money, get bonuses, days off. Family is very, very hard. And um, it's almost impossible to overcome because the expectation on the CEO is so high. It's like I've hit the holy grail. I don't have to do anything anymore. And it happens all the time. Now, can you get lucky and find, um, find a, a good family member that works? Well, let me tell you about that. I have met some husband and wife teams that are amazing. I mean, I've met some uh, many wives, many husbands. That, let's say we have a, a, a man CEO. Wife doesn't want to be involved. I meet that all the time. Let's say we have a wife a CEO. Husband doesn't want to be involved. I meet that all the time. Uh, does it work? Yeah, it works fine. But when I meet a husband and a wife that are in it to win it, wow, it's sexy. I mean sexy, man. And they've got long-term marriage. They've got long-term um, uh, commitment going on, and they know how to apply that to the company. Now, do they have arguments and fights? Huh. Huh. Yes. Yes. Oh, yes. Um, but they have learned to overcome. And when I get into a turnaround situation where a husband and wife are on the same page, um, it goes much quicker, and it's much more fun, especially when they see that the mistakes they have made are not unforgivable. Uh, that's why I think the best way to say it. The mistakes that all of us make out there are not unforgivable. They can be overcome, and you can keep your business, even when everybody in your family, everybody in your community, everybody in your church, everybody and all the personalities in your own head tell you it's over. It's over, man. Forget it. When you hear that all day long, it's not over. I have been to the mountain, man. I have been there where the worst is the worst is the worst and brought it back. And how does that happen? Just a couple of guys out there having a good time on the hunt. Just out there doing it. But unfortunately, here's the key. Your, your family members don't know what to do. They have an opinion. They don't know what to do. Uh, your attorney. Yeah. Your attorney has an opinion, but he doesn't really know what to do because he's a lawyer. He's a lawyer, and he just knows about the law. Does he know what he's doing in law? Yeah, sure he does, and he's good at it. But it has a turnaround in your company. Doesn't know, really. CPA, CPA got a lot of things to tell you about what to do. CPA, your friend, your uncle, your wife, Fred, Flintstone, 
everybody's got something to say. But when it comes right down to it, you're the guy that was signing the checks. You're the guy that had good cash flow when it was happening. You're the guy that made the magic happen. And you are still that guy. If you can hear me out there, you're still that guy. You're just a little wiped out from getting in over your head. And that was a lot to say, but I hope you got it all. I did, and I, I, I think it, as I was saying when you, uh, you, you broke off there for a minute, that you're, you're speaking uh, as a person of experience uh, for sure, because you understand that this is as psychological as it is anything else, and uh, I think your advice today has has been very, very helpful. Unfortunately, I have to break off here for uh, another break, but I want to thank you, Patrick, for being on our show, The Second Stage, and we hope to have you back and uh get even more insight from you about the art and science of uh, turning around a business. So thanks for being on the second stage. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Do you need directions to solid financial future? If so, the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with a roadmap to making smart money decisions in every area of your personal finances. Join Jordan every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern, for the Money Answer Show on the Voice America Business Channel. Learn how and where to get the best deals on mortgages, cars, and insurance. Find out the best ways to save for college and retirement. Get out of debt, improve your credit rating, and save on your taxes. The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with great tips on investment opportunities in real estate, stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. This is Davis Love III, Ryder Cup captain and Team McGladry member. McGladry is about building relationships. That's the kind of team I want to be a part of, a team that builds deep understanding of each client's vision and unique way of doing business. The same attributes I look for and the partners I choose. It's this understanding that enables you and me to make confident decisions. When you trust the advice you're getting, you know your next move is the right move. This is the power of being understood. This is McGladry. Assurance. Tax. Consulting. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are tuned in to The Second Stage. To reach the hosts or their guests today, call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to thesecondstage at evolutioncp.com. Now, back to Jeffrey Cadlick and Brendan Anderson. Welcome back to the show. This is Jeff Cadillac. My partner, Brendan Anderson, is out on assignment. want to thank our guest, Patrick Reddig, CEO of the Reddig Corporation, America's Turnaround Man, for being on our show, www.thereddigcorporation.com. You know, it's interesting. He, he really got into the turnaround 
uh, world, uh, being in his own stressful environment uh, in his uh, single father uh, situation and having some uh, working for some companies that sound like that were struggling themselves and he really had no alternatives other than to figure it out himself which, uh, uh, as far as I know, makes him an entrepreneur. Um, And he's been very successful. You can tell by, um, you know, what he was saying on the two earlier segments that it's as much psychological as as anything else in helping turn these businesses around. If you want it bad enough, you know, it can can, uh, work for you. A couple of things that I want to touch on that Evolution does with its partner companies in terms of tools is is and whether you're in a turnaround situation or not and i we rec- believe these are best practices is to have what we call a daily dashboard that has all major balance sheet items including cash receivables ap deferred revenue inventory really just the whole working capital cycle you know another segment that focuses on liquidity like your borrowing base and availability and then ultimately working your daily dashboard into a tool where it can have predictive metrics. So where we go with our partner companies is we create a WIP report that has projected revenue. And WIP for those people out there is work in process. Um, and really it's what's what orders have you started on but have yet to finish. And there's an implied profit in that product that you've already gotten started. There's assets dedicated to that. Um, And then once you've got the whip report down, then you move into the backlog report, which are orders that are in that you have yet to start. And again, there's customers, there's margin by product. um, You know, there's resources that that are, are being dedicated to that. And again, it's all about maximizing efficiencies and organizing resources and delivering some predictability. And then finally, you have your pipeline. Um, And really what it's designed to do is to create this forward-looking cash flow statement to help you understand where you are with your business. Uh, The one other thing that I would like to touch on uh, that Evolution does is the fact that oftentimes companies don't have a plan B. You should always have a plan B and you should always have a plan C. If, for instance, a major customer goes out of business and you're left holding the bag and you're not going to get paid yet that big um, payment that you were expecting, uh, it's going to set off some triggers. And I love what Patrick said is you don't borrow money. You react quickly and you cut expenses. Uh, borrowing money is the last thing that you should be doing until you have figured out, uh, you know, the the uh, the operational or revenue or whatever the root cause is of your problem. When evolution companies have a problem, it's at the revenue line, or it's because we've added expenses or infrastructure too quickly ahead of the revenue curve, and we need to dial it back. And our predictive tools that we put together, like I just described are uh, very important in doing that in an intelligent way. Uh, the other things that I thought that Patrick made a lot of sense, I mean, everything he said made a lot of sense, but I like the mon- mind-body-spirit. Um, you know, you need to take care of your body if you're going to go through, uh, you know, whether it's entre- – I kind of equate entrepreneurship and turnaround almost the same because – 
either way, you've got to get up and get going. Um, you know, if you work in a large corporation, maybe you can mail it in on a day or two or even an entire week. But as these small business owners know that if you, nothing is going to happen until you make it happen or somebody on your leadership team makes it happen. And to have that kind of energy, you've got to have the sound mind, sound body, sound spirit, which is that triangle that, that Patrick was talking about. Uh, I also love the critical profit report, which is something that evolution believes in, which is if you've got a dollar left at the end of the day, you can survive and time is not an issue. Uh, the biggest problem that companies have when they're going through this turnaround is that they time is not on their side. So that is all the advice that I have today. Hopefully you enjoyed our guest, Patrick Reddig, and uh, thank you for tuning in the second stage. Remember, have passion for possibilities. Don't think about what your business is today. Think of what it can be. Thanks for tuning in to the second stage. Thank you for tuning in this week to The Second Stage. Please join Jeffrey Cadlick and Brendan Anderson again next Monday afternoon at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. And have a successful week. Music.